What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about some damn good beef. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering damn good beef with our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. And Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the United States straight to your door. And they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that everyone can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, which is absolutely delicious. And you know what else is delicious? Using that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. You'll get 10% off and any order over $200, you get free shipping. So make sure to check them out. Uh, we have so many people over at DNVR that are constantly ordering from Hassle Cattle Company. So we've got our stamp of approval on Hassle for sure. So make sure to check them out over at HassleCattleCompany.com. Use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only NVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. They are the new urban online university where learning outcomes are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. Whether you're on campus or online, it's all the same to them over at MSU Denver Online. So make sure to check check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing on this Thursday? I'm doing all right, Zach, to guess what? Have another quarterback conversation. Yay. <laughs> you know oh, what? Yes. I'm still kind of enjoying this just because we can talk about all the possibilities right now. That's, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And also, I mean, it's to quote Sonny Weaver Jr. in draft day or paraphrase him, I should say, we seem to live in a different world every day than we did the previous day right now. Yes, we certainly do. There's no doubt about that. And Mace, every single day we get new information about who the Broncos are seeing. Yesterday it was Justin Fields that uh, Pat Shermer was going to be at Justin Fields Pro Day. In fact, was there. He also had A.J. Durso. So for Justin Fields, you had the GM, the offensive coordinator, uh, the player of or director of player personnel, and the quarterback coach see Justin Fields in person. And then later we find out that the Broncos are sending more people to see Trey Lance next Monday. You already had George Payton see Trey Lance. Now you're having Pat Shermer see Trey Lance in person as well. 
Yeah, that, the big key, of course, is uh, is Shermer and Shuma seeing both of them getting uh, the coach and the, the position coach and the coordinator getting their eyes on him. Now, the interesting thing with Pat Shermer, of course, is that uh, he's got a relationship with Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, going back to when the two were together on the Philadelphia staff under Chip Kelly several years ago. So. Shermer certainly already has his share of inside intel. Uh, Ohio State's Instagram posted a picture of Shermer and Ryan Day, and even Shermer's got his mask on, but you can see that he's laughing or smiling about something. And of course, that sent Broncos Twitter aflame <laughs> yesterday, seeing Pat Shermer so happy. Uh, did Ryan Day just tell a great joke? Did Justin Fields just do something perfectly? We don't know, <laughs> but that's what we, we have to work with right now. But certainly, uh, certainly you, you can't deny that, that connection. And, uh, and the fact that the Broncos are going to have very good intel on Justin Fields. We kind of talk about it with the 49ers, how the Broncos ought to have good intel based on their connections and John Elway's connections in particular with Adam Peters and John Lynch out there. They ought to be able to have an idea what the 49ers are going to do. And certainly it doesn't, uh, you know, I'm not sure who the, who, why the 49ers would smoke screen any of this. They're sitting at number three. They can do whatever the heck they, they want at this point. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just kind of saying, all right, let's just do a check on Justin Fields. Uh, you know, just, just in case we'll see, but um yeah, it's important that Shermer's going that that it's going. We talked about the importance of Shermer going to these pro days. James Palmer of NFL Network kind of said that this is something you have to keep your eye on as well. Um, I'd say it's probably today. It's more likely the Broncos take a quarterback than I think it has been uh, at any other point in the process. Yeah, it certainly does, and it just seems like the closer we get the more confidence we have in saying that Mace, because I'm right there with you. It really does seem like uh, that the Broncos are going to take a quarterback. Now the question is how, how, because we're talking about how, you know, it's guaranteed three quarterbacks are going in the top three. Uh, It it could almost be a guarantee that four quarterbacks are going to go in the top four. If Atlanta decides to stick with Trey Lance, or if Atlanta decides to trade that pick to someone, maybe that's the Broncos. And then it's okay. Well then are five quarterbacks going to go in the top five. Are you going to have to trade to five in order to get just the fifth best quarterback or the, the fifth drafted quarterback in this draft, or can they wait and have a quarterback fall to them. And Mm -hmm. that's something that isn't a consensus mace. I mean, we see some drafts where every single quarterback is gone by the time the Broncos pick. And I mean, long gone by the time the Broncos pick. And then we also see mock drafts coming out from people like Charlie Casserly, where there's two (laughs) quarterbacks there and the Broncos pass on them. And then some, some people, some other people saying, you know, that the, that the Broncos have a quarterback there and they pass on them or that they take them. So that's, that's really, Mm -hmm. you know, taking over right now is okay if it is quarterback how yeah uh, that charlie castle mock draft if it came to pass and you had both fields and lance on the board at nine and the broncos took micah parsons i think a good chunk of broncos country would have a stroke on the spot if that if that took place <laughs> yes Casterly has fields falling all the way to pick number 24 this is the one thing that, that I don't see. Literally, the only way I see it happening that way 
is if Justin Fields pulls a Shane Ray and a few days before the draft gets busted for something. Yeah, it's just crazy. In a in normal circumstances, there is no way Justin Fields falls to 24. There's probably no way he falls past even pick 12. I mean, just if, if things fell a certain way. Frankly, I think he's going to – I think to get Justin Fields, you're going to be in the top five when all is said and done. This, but, uh, you know, hey, Charlie's uh, shooting his shot on this. But let's also talk about Trey Lance because – Pat Shermer seeing Trey Lance is next up on the dance card. That's going to be Monday in Fargo, North, North Dakota. Sorry. Fargo. I can't help What's but that? say Far- Fargo. <laughs> you, I, I was trying, it was a really bad way. Of, I was trying to do Marsh Gunderson in Fargo. Yeah. Or, or just people taught in that, uh, not Marsh Gunderson, but um, uh, Jerry Lundergaard's wife. Yeah. How, how was Fargo? Oh yeah. Real good. Yeah. Real good. <laughs> oh, <what>? so, oh. <laughs> You've never seen Fargo? No, I have not. No. Oh, oh, you got to change that, Zach. I do know oh, it's, it's a uh, very good movie, though. It's the Coen Brothers masterpiece. You isn't it extremely depressing? It's it's <laughs> yes, violent. Yes. <laughs> I I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say depressing. No. Okay. I, it's violent, and it's got um, you know, it's it's what. It's it's a very dark sense of humor. It's what you'd say in a lot of ways. It's 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 black comedy, not black as in the race, but the the term right. you know that term. It's it's you know kind of grim is is how I would describe it. But it's a it's a pretty good study on uh, on human nature. And uh, I mean, I'm actually trying to avoid temptations to start quoting the movie left and right right now, um, especially a. Uh, um, especially D- Steve Buscemi's character, who is the most talkative person in the movie, but he's also the hitman. In, in, in this, <laughs> oh, there, there's there's one scene where he walks in, he's covered with blood, but he oh, he says, "You should see what happened to the other guy." <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, let, let's get that Fargo Jack out of the way, okay? <laughs> It, it, it was bound to come up when you're talking about the Broncos having a big, a, a big day with personnel going to Fargo, North Dakota to go watch Trey Lance work out in the Fargo dome, the home of the North Dakota state state bison. So something here's an, in, here's something interesting that was put out there by Mike Sando of the athletic and a big part of Sando's <clears throat> pardon me reporting historically has been, unnamed GMs, unnamed scouts, and kind of taking the temperature of things. He did this back at ESPN. He does this back, does this at the athletic to kind of do things based on what these unnamed executives say. So he did a mock top 10 that in which he said, quote, I've enlisted another GM and additional high ranking execs to navigate, to, to navigate these challenges of the draft and project the first 10 selections in the 2021 draft. Oh, so like so some you inside go, info, right? So you go Trevor Lawrence, number one, Zach Wilson, number two, your guy, Mac Jones, number three, which includes the quote from a, an unnamed GM that reads, quote, I'm confident Mac Jones is Kyle's guy, unquote. And the GM also says this in Washington that it starts by mentioning how Kyle Shanahan and his father, Bronco, former Broncos coach Mike Shanahan went along with RG3 in 2012. Quote, 
but they still drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round all along. They thought Cousins was better, and essentially they were right. Kyle comes to San Francisco, and who does he want? Cousins. In the end, he wants Cousins, and he sees Mac Jones having some of the same qualities. He doesn't fall in love with physical traits, unquote. Mm, I like it. I like it. And, yeah, I mean, that reasoning makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and uh, and, and as one of the, another exec says, something I addressed earlier, quote, why are you creating a smoke screen when you have the third pick? Unquote. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> understand that one bit yeah. unless Kyle's just uh, wasting energy and time in order to uh, just throw people off. Right. Although it's interesting, Adam Schefter earlier this month was uh, pretty firm in declaring that he expected Mac Jones to be a third pick. And this week he did a podcast, I believe, with NBC Bay Area and walked it back a little bit you could hear the truck going beep 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 (laughs) as he's hedging his bets just a bit here maybe maybe it's because uh mike shanahan called him up and said whoa why are you giving our secrets away like that you you gotta walk it back (laughs) hey man you want to keep the fountain the fountain percolating right you want to keep the 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 guys are flowing so Mac Jones at three, and then in this executive GM mock draft, Justin Fields, number four. And then you go to the next few picks. Jamar Chase to Cincinnati at five. Kyle Pitts to Miami at six. Panay Sewell to Detroit at seven. Patrick Sertan the second, Alabama at eight. And in fact, this one executive says of Carolina, quote, I would say either Sertan, J.C. Horn, or Micah Parsons, unquote. Although, the GM in this story thought the Panthers should select Lance. And that brings you to pick number nine and the projection. So really quick, Mace, tell me yeah. who's on the board. The, the big names on the board. The big names on the board include JC Horn, hmm. Micah Parsons. Okay. Trey Lance. Oh, Rashawn Slater. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. one quarterback left. One quarter, one quarterback left. And also, uh, look. Let's see. You got Jamar. Oh, and uh, my also um, Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith both on the board. So you've okay. got you got receivers left. You've got tackle left. You've got, got a quarterback left. You've got uh, Horn and Farley still there. And the unnamed GM says, "Quote of the Broncos at nine. Quote they'll take Trey Lance if oh. he's there." buddy oh mace that is what i like to hear (laughs) and it makes sense now look there's been the biggest public investment in justin fields from what we've seen from the broncos because they've sent everyone but next week mace there's going to be just as big of a commitment to trey lance at the end of the day as there has been to justin fields justin fields has just been you know crammed together within like a two-week span trey lance has been over a month so we've kind of forgot about it but uh george payton he was one of the first gms that we found out that was going to trey lance mm-hmm. and fargo as you call it and he was fargo he, fargo, fargo. fargo. <laughs> and he was on the field level watching him throw and now we're gonna have pat Shermer there next week they are doing their research and not just a smokescreen research you don't do all of this just for smoke screens mace especially at this time you don't waste your <laughs> offensive coordinator's time you don't waste your gm's time but these really are the two guys that the Broncos are, are keying in on. George Payton, Mac Jones had two pro days. 
George Payton didn't go to a single one of them. And I, I don't like that. I wish he would have done his homework, but maybe that just means that he didn't want to waste his time because he knows Mac Jones is not his guy. And if that's the case, then I do understand that. Uh, I still would have gone. But regardless, they're having everyone that has an important decision to see this uh, and to see these guys in person. You can only send three people to all of these pro days. And the Broncos are sending the three most important people pretty much every single time. And so Trey Lance is very much on the radar. And Trey Lance may be the guy. I mean, we've, we've seen Justin Fields fall in mock drafts over these packs, past couple of weeks to the Broncos, past the Broncos. But from NFL teams' perspective, I wouldn't be shocked if just some teams are, get, get a little uh, shy and gun-shy about really taking Trey Lance, a guy that has, what, 27 starts in college and high school combined? Yes. That would make a lot of people worried and using a top 10 pick. So this is a guy who really could fall to nine. Yeah. The limited starting experience is part of it as well. I mean, obviously we talk about how he's one-year starter in college, one year in one game, and – that's a big part of the negative. I mean, clearly he's, you know, he's got the tools. Some, I know there are some that do disagree. I can hear one of them in the comment section, but (laughs) the, the lack of starting experience is a big part of why I think there's significant bust potential with Trey Lance. There's the potential of a, of a boom, obviously, because of the, the traits that he possesses, including the, including the intelligence uh, that he has. And, the other thing that I think works against Trey Lance and gives teams pause is this. He's a developmental guy. And really, should he be playing much in the first two years if you're basically having to get him from the FCS level to a pro-ready level? Probably not. I mean, if if you really kind of want to look at it historically, the best path for him is probably the path that another FCS slash one double a quarterback took. And that was Steve McNair back in the 1990s when the Oilers sat him for all, but the last couple of games of his rookie season did so again, the second year as well. And uh, they basically just decided Jeff Fisher uh, decided to say, to say, we're going to get by with placeholder quarterbacks while Steve McNair incubate so in in 1995 uh they had chris chandler start 13 games and then mcnair came in and then will fuhrer start a game and then the final two belonged to steve mcnair you go to 1996 it was actually my bad the final four games belonged to steve mcnair that year but by that they were able to kind of bring him along deliberately and then when it got to 1997 and the oilers moved to tennessee McNair was considered uh, was considered ready to go. Now, he didn't really become a big star, at least as a thrower, until ni- until '99 when the Oilers went. To, then the Titans went to the Super Bowl. But that first that that first year, McNair had 22 total. The first full years of starting, he had 22 total touchdowns, including 18 on the ground. Kind of like Trey Lance, the legs were going to be a, a huge element early, and so. Can't really blame the Oilers slash Titans for bringing McNair along like that. And that may be the best path for Trey Lance, but then you're burning up 40% of the cost controlled window, including the year with the fifth year option. 
And so I think teams look at it also from a cap perspective, a resource management perspective and say, part of the value of Trey Lance is going to be burned up because he's going to spend a long time incubating and learning. But if you get the guy Mace and you get the, the, your franchise quarterback and you're comfortable paying him as an elite guy, whenever his contract runs up, is it a bummer that you weren't able to capitalize on it? Yes, it was. But at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal, especially if you know he needs a year or two to develop in order to make him that guy, then you're okay with that. My biggest question, I shouldn't say issue, but question with it is, the Falcons are in a great place right now to do that, to have Trey Lance sit for two years, one or two years. The Broncos right now, they, they aren't. I mean, so so what do you do? Because if you go Justin Fields or Mac Jones, even though I don't think he's going to be the pick. So let's say you go Justin Fields. That's a guy who you would feel comfortable playing right away. Now, is he mm-hmm. going to be Patrick Mahomes right away? Of course not. He's going to be a rookie. Uh, and you hope that he can be anywhere close to, to Justin Herbert was last year. But he's a guy that you can start right away. Trey Lance, like I said, 27 total starts in high school and college combined. I think uh, I think some of the other guys in the draft class have like 99 or 100 of those. So, I mean, Trey Lance is, you know, 25% of the way there compared to the other guys in his class. But what do you do if you don't want to start him this year? Is it Drew Locke again? What what direction do you go? Even though by drafting Trey Lance, you're saying Drew Locke's clearly not our guy of the future. Is this a scenario where during the draft and post-draft, you're making multiple moves at quarterback? One of those being signing um, signing Alex Smith, trading for Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe you're trading a, a day three pick for Teddy Bridgewater during the draft uh, and then just simply trading Drew Locke for a day three pick. Well, if you're still intrigued by the upside of Drew Locke, then perhaps you perhaps you just hang on to Drew Locke and say, all right, let's see where Drew goes this year and beyond while Trey Lance develops. And then if Locke ends up becoming the guy, Trey Lance still a mystery. But if every indication is he that he is progressing well, you should probably be able to get, if there's nothing negative on Trey Lance by that point, you ought to be able to get the first round pick back if you trade Trey Lance away in a year or two, just because of it's sort of the kind of the bird in the hand versus two in the bush. You might have a team sitting there in 2023 at pick nine or 10, and maybe they don't like the quarterback class, but they like Trey Lance a couple of years earlier. Drew Locke has proven to be the guy. He's beaten the statistical odds that I that I often cite of him becoming a long-term answer, and he and he's it. But one thing about that, and while I, I don't think you should make a decision based on the public sentiment, but you do know that if Drew Locke struggles even though Trey Lance would may not be ready that people would call for Trey Lance and maybe they'd rush him out there and I think if you've got a strong enough culture on your team this is not something that you have to worry about but it is possible that it could be a concern the other thing is if the job is teaching Trey Lance Drew Locke doesn't have enough experience just yet to be the teacher slash tutor for Trey Lance. You want you would want somebody with more experience. That is that is where it would be a Teddy Bridgewater. It would be an Alex Smith, perhaps on the free agent market. 
that you bring in to kind of, and probably Bridgewater more than Smith because Smith, you don't know how well he's going to hold up uh, being an older quarterback. Bridgewater, even though he had the horrific injury back in 2016, he's gotten through the last couple of seasons with no, with no issues. He only missed a game for Carolina at midseason last year when PJ Walker started for him. So I would say that, Bridgewater would probably fit better what you, your goal would be with Trey Lance better than Drew Lockwood. Although if you just say, Hey, we want a couple of young quarterbacks and we've got a couple of arrows in the quiver and let's see where they go. You could, you could easily rationalize that as long as you were able to, as a team, just put the earmuffs on, as they said in old school and not listen to anything on the outside. Because you know that if Drew had a bad game, people would clamor for Trey Lance, whether you like it or not. Yeah, especially if it's Trey Lance. I just see a scenario where the Broncos almost have to do uh, more moves with the quarterback position. And whether it's signing Alex Smith, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, I think either of those guys would be great for Trey Lance. Now, Alex Smith may cost you less uh, because he's a free agent. So you won't have to give up anything to get him. You won't have to deal with another team to get him. And you can decide what contract he's going to get. And he yet he does have some power because he's the only quarterback out there, but he's the only quarterback out there. And he may also have the opportunity. This may be the only opportunity for him to truly start. And so that may be very valuable to him as well and get to go up against the Kansas city chiefs uh, two times a year for a year or two, at least. And so I think you kind of have to go that route because by drafting Trey Lance, you're saying that Drew Locke is not the guy. And so why are you going to stick with him when you know you're going to need at least a year or two to develop Trey Lance? I, I think you go the veteran route for many reasons because he thinks you give a better chance to win this year. And then also uh, because he's a guy that can actually mentor Trey Lance, whereas Drew, not really that guy yet. He's still trying to figure it out. You can also go the Teddy Bridgewater route as well. And so I think that that, that Drew would be on a different team this year if the Broncos went Trey Lance. Now, yeah. Justin Field, or I'll let you go, Mace. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I think that's how it would end up again. I've kind of spelled out. You, you, could rational, there, you could rationalize Drew and Trey Lance if you can ignore the outside noise and just focus on that, if you can ignore uh, every home game Sunday that Drew Locks, if, if Drew Locks struggles, uh, the people calling for Trey Lance. Of course, if Drew comes out, balls out, responds to the pressure well, and re responds to it like Drew Brees did, did back with, like uh, Philip, uh, when Philip Rivers came in back in uh, 2004, I completely butchered that. I apologize. But if Drew Locke responds like Drew Brees in, in 04, then awesome. There's your guy. But right. uh, uh, I don't know if the Broncos would be thinking in those terms. I do think that if they drafted Lance, that probably the car, a corresponding move would be going with a veteran mentor rather than Drew Locke as the, as the primary quarterback for this year. So Mace, does it change when we talk about Justin Fields being the Broncos pick? Because in my mind, I actually think it does change because Justin's a guy that can play right away. Justin's a guy that can compete with Drew right away. So I could see them saying, all right, let's have a competition between these two young guys. May mm -hmm. the best man win the job. Although we're definitely going to give Justin Fields every single benefit of the doubt when it comes to this uh, and not feel like they have to get have a guy there because Justin Fields is one ready to play. Two, he has so much experience, he doesn't necessarily need a veteran leader in there. 
Yeah, it makes more sense. If Fields is the guy and you do bring him in, it makes more sense to, to have Drew Locke in there. I mean, obviously from a media perspective, we would be thrilled. Let's, let's I'll, I'll be honest and give full disclosure on that. The Denver area media would be doing cartwheels at getting to cover a competition between two young quarterbacks, one of which is a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And another uh, in Drew Locke that is really try- that's trying to author a redemption and comeback story. That would be tremendous. And the, the winner would be the Broncos because if Justin Fields is the guy, boom, you found your quarterback. If Drew Locke holds him off and plays, again, kind of like Drew Brees did when Phil Rivers walked in to San Diego back in 04, then A, you've made a tough decision, B, uh, you've got two guys with promise there. And it, it, and again, the Broncos would win because they would have upgraded their quarterback position uh, all around. So I agree with you. If Justin Fields is the guy, it's probably more likely that Drew Locke is back. Although, I mean, you can rationalize it with Trey Lance. Um, the problem is if Drew, Locke's, if Drew Locke battles with Justin Fields, wins the job in week one, and then struggles, the odds are that Fields is more ready to go if you have to put him in than Trey Lance would be. And I think that's something that you have to consider as well. Trey Lance, you have to view him as somebody that probably isn't starting for you until you are, until slash unless you are out of the playoff race. Mace, who's the Broncos guy? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Justin Fields? I would say that both of them are well-regarded, that uh, they're com- that they are comfortable if both if if either of them is the pick ultimately but i would say that there isn't yet a uh, a, a consensus i i would again kind of we we're all kind of trying to mine people and we're trying to fit we're all trying to to piece things together i would say right now that uh the co the coaches probably favor lance and maybe the executives favor or pardon me the, the coaches favor fields and the executive's favorite Lance. Yeah, I right now I'm giving the uh, for, from what I've heard, I'm still giving the nod to Justin Fields. There's been yeah. just a lot of hype surrounding him publicly right. and be, behind closed doors from what I've heard around Fields. But obviously Lance is picking up steam. And Mace, what this may come down to is who the 49ers don't take. Because yeah. even though I love Mac Jones, I'm not sold that he's the pick right now. And if he is the pick at three, that's probably the best news for the Broncos ever because then two guys that they really like fall. They may not be forced to trade up to four, and they can honestly see if one of them slides past five, if a team doesn't trade with the Bengals at five, and then you have a real opportunity to trade just a couple of spots up, not give a first-round pick, and land one of these guys. And I am at the point now where I think that they would take either of those guys, certainly if they fell to them at nine, but I think they're going to make a move to go up to get one of these guys, especially if it doesn't involve a first round pick and Mace, it's huge to have two options that Mm -hmm. you really, really like or love in a draft when it comes to the most important position in sports, because if one of them's gone at three, well, you're not SOL. You can still make a move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me make it clear. Lance and fields in general are very close. I mean, you'd probably say, in the end sum of the Broncos evaluation, they're, they're pretty close to neck and neck. And 
basically it go the, the board would go Lawrence and then Fields and Lance, those two right there. And so the question is, is it love or is it really like? And love means you, you trade up and you're sacrificing some draft capital. Really like means maybe you're standing pat at nine and seeing just how things fall. And if one of them falls to you, or perhaps you're considering a trade up only to set to, to pick seven, because you get to about pick seven. And then you're talking about being able to move up for a relatively minimal cost, perhaps say a third round pick and a day three pick to move up two spots uh, for moving up to five. And I do think Cincinnati remains the spot to watch if the Broncos do go up. You're pro- if you don't have any players involved, you're trying to, you're probably trying to do that with two second round picks to move up to five. It's possible that you could throw in a player that turns one of those second round picks into a third or fourth round pick which would probably be a more ideal situation than sacrificing both second rounders. I don't, I really don't, don't see the Broncos parting ways with a future first rounder. I think they really want to hang on to that first rounder in 2022, even though there appears to be a great deal of fondness in that building for both fields and Lance. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see the Broncos ideally don't want to shave off a future first round pick, but If you need to shave off something, well, I've got the tools for you just to do that. That's our friends over at Manscaped hooking you up with the perfect tools for the family jewels with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best hair trimmer ever. And it comes with their third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. So it's got that going for it. It's got an incredibly long battery life going for it. It's got an LED light going for it. So it will illuminate everything you need to see. And it's also got a waterproof capability so you can take it anywhere that you want. Guys, make sure to check them out. Use that magical code DNVR over at Manscaped. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code DNVR over at manscaped.com and grab their perfect package, which will come with so many goodies, including the lawnmower 3.0. All right, friends, but you know how much we love you, but you've been letting us down lately. Yep. We said it. Our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava craft coffee has not felt the love lately. So we need to change that. They're offering a new code to everyone. You can save 25% off your first purchase when you use that magical code dnvr25 so think of it you can get your strava craft coffee for just 75 percent of the cost if you use that magical code dnvr25 and get 25 percent off strava craft coffee of course is cbd infused and that helps with so many ailments that different for everyone for me headaches were a problem took some cbd products not the case anymore. The benefits of CBD you can are myriad, and of course, gives you that without the psychotropic effects and you know, and in some precincts, illegal effects of uh, marijuana that uh, you may not want to have. But CBD will provide all the good stuff that you need. So head on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com today and try their delicious CBD infused coffee and use that magical code DMVR25. But you know what? If you've had Strava before and you want to get it regularly. Why don't you become a lifetime subscriber? And if you do that, here's what's going to happen. You're going to you're going to get coffee delivered straight to your door. Now you can cancel it. I say lifetime. You can be you can cancel it whenever you want. But 
the point is that if you become a subscriber, you get 20, you don't just get a discount one time, you get 20% off for life. And then you get that coffee coming to you every two, four, six, eight weeks, whatever you need. And again, 20% off by becoming a subscriber. And that coffee comes pretty much any way you want. You can have the, 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 ground coffee you can have the whole bean you can have it in the k-cups you can have it in espresso pods strava craft coffee offers all of that for you so if you're a first time user and want to give it a shot use that mash code dmvr25 get 25 percent off if you've tried it liked it want more want to make it a regular part of your existence subscribe and then get 20 percent off every purchase for life and get it delivered whenever you want so check out strava craft coffee and if you want to just have it on a one-time basis before you even use that magical code DMVR25. If you're in the Denver area, come on over to the DMVR bar and try some of that delicious Strava cold brew that is on tap at the DMVR bar. It's also available in the Denver area at places like Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow Hot Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. Check out Strava Craft Coffee. Remember the magical code DMVR25 for 25% off. If you want more of us, make sure to become a part of our family over at thednvr.com. When you join our family and become a member, you get so many benefits. Not only do you get to support this podcast, which we really, really appreciate, you'll get a free t-shirt when you sign up for the annual membership, a t-shirt of your choice, by the way. And these t-shirts are so comfortable and they have awesome designs on them. You get access to a members-only Discord. You get to talk with the hosts in the Discord and diehard fans like yourself. You get to read all of our content. And I'm not just talking Masonized content. You get to read Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Buffs, Rams. And boy, what a time to be a Denver sports fan. I mean, if the Broncos get a quarterback, it is going to be absolutely lit in the mile high city with the abs on their best 20 game franchise in franchise history right now the nuggets are rocking and rolling even without jamal murray well we don't have to talk about the rockies but the broncos if they get a quarterback holy cow this will be the place to be and it already is and for the next couple hundred members if you become an annual dnvr member we'll throw in a recovery holistic stick from holistic wellness and the recovery stick packs 10 milligrams of CBD. All you do is pop the top, put it in a drink, stir and consume, and it helps you recover. And our friends over at Holistic Wellness, that's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com are giving you a chance to have 30% off your next order with them if you use the magical code DNVR30. So make sure to check them out. Use that code DNVR30 over at holisticwellness.com. And also, Become an annual member, and we'll just send you 10 free milligrams of CBD with that, along with the shirt, along with all of our content. And if you stop by the bar, get a Strava Craft coffee in, in one hand, and in the other hand, get a big beer for the price of a small beer over at the DNVR bar. So many reasons to join us, including and leaving exclusive comments on our podcast. Yeah, but first, Zach, you're, you're digging on the Rockies, man. I mean... They scored last night. They scored twice. Yeah, I'm digging they, on them. Right now, yeah. they're on pace to, to have a 40 and 122 oh, I know. record. Oh, I know. I've Believe me, I'm keeping track <laughs> of this because I said before the season that over on the 100 losses, and then yesterday on the radio, I said, it's not a question of whether they're going to lose 100 because think about it this way. They're probably going to – Trevor Story's off to a slow start. Eventually, he's going to heat up but they're probably still trading Trevor story before the deadline. John Gray uh, 
not as dominant as he as he had been in his earlier starts, but last night against that powerful uh, Dodgers lineup, uh, John Gray pitching uh, pitching four innings, and then he got he you know he got run at that point. But didn't but because they wanted to keep him on a pitch count, he was at 89 pitches. John Gray did enough to keep the Rockies in it and settled down after a rough first inning. But John Gray and Trevor Story probably aren't on this team once you get to the last couple of months. And so the question isn't whether they're going to lose 100. I think the question is whether they even win 50. And they're not on that pace right now. Now it's early, uh, small sample size and all that, and things are going to normalize and they're not going to have to play the Dodgers every night. I mean, they're getting, Hey, they're getting seven games against the Dodgers out of the way here in the first couple of weeks, but this is bad. This team, it, <laughs> this is a bad baseball team. <laughs> it is a bad baseball oh team. Thank goodness gosh. we got good rock or good uh, nuggets oh. and abs teams right now to keep us going right now. And also keeping yeah. us going, not only Strava Craft Coffee, but these commenters, let's jump into the comment section. First one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey, guys. So I was looking on NFL.com at their draft profiles, and they're comparing Zach Wilson to Jake Plummer. Do any of y'all see the comparison between the two? Mm, interesting. Uh, the adept at getting outside, they keep their eyes downfield. They can uncork the deep ball. I mean, you could see Zach Wilson doing that Shanahan play fake boot and fling it downfield. You could see him doing that just like Jake Plummer did that back in the day. Um, I think Zach Wilson could potentially be better than Jake Plummer. Um, but I don't think it's an unfair comparison in terms of their style of play on the field. Right. You? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think he should be better than Jake Plummer. I mean, being the number two overall pick. But I mm-hmm. really like this comparison. And thanks for bringing it up, Dan Burke. And yeah. it makes me really excited to watch Zach Wilson even more. Uh, I think that's exactly who he is because... Jake Plummer was not a run first quarterback. Zach Wilson is not a run first quarterback, but he's a guy. And, and he's also a guy where he doesn't necessarily just take off, but he uses his legs uh, to avoid pressure and then also throw on the run. So, so beautifully and, uh, and also take off if he wants. So I love that comparison, Dan Burke and man, the jets are going to love that as well. A better Jake Plummer. That's, that's pretty exciting. Yep. Count Lockula, Seabass, Sebastian Jankowski made $53 million in his career. That's a lot of Skrilla for a dirt bag like him to play with. Great kicker, but he's still a dirt bag. Love the count. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we know all about the uh, the incidents that he had off the field. I mean, Sebastian Jankowski, a fun player on the field, certainly. Uh, anything but the greatest human being uh, off of it. And uh, kind of goes back to... Uh, uh, go, goes back to Florida State, for example. I, I mean, there was a moment where he actually faced deportation back to po- back to Poland because he was arrested for attempting to bribe an officer. Wow. Yes. He uh, got he got into bar fights when he was in college uh, multiple times. I mean, the the, uh, the funny thing is, I, I do. One thing, as I was thinking about Jankowski being drafted in 2000, that did come back to me, and it is that the Raiders picking him, it felt completely on brand. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, you looked at his resume, including the off field stuff. And you're like, yep, that's a Raider. <laughs> it's an al davis guy right there <laughs> except he just he wasn't fast at all since he was huge that's it no, that's but, the only non-al davis thing about him well but the whole thing with the raiders you know they're their height weight speed and so it's not just the height but it's or it's not like the speed but it's also the height and, and in his case the weight 260 pounds and he could put every ounce of those 260 pounds into his into the swing of his left foot yeah, it, it's really true. I mean, he did have a cannon, but not a yes, good guy. Yes, he did. Yep. Pismo Beach Broncos 07. How in the world could the 49ers want to draft Mac Jones over Justin Fields? I just don't see it. I'm dying inside because now I believe Fields needs to be a Bronco. What do you think are the feelings that the Broncos have regarding Lance? We kind of discussed that earlier. I think there's a a definite intrigue, interest, and fondness uh, for Trey Lance right now and his potential. And if you're George Payton, the six-year contract, you have time to wait out the development of Trey Lance. <laughs> yes, you certainly do. You certainly do. And then if, let's say, he doesn't turn out to be the guy, you also then have the time to go draft another guy to try to uh, yeah. to, to try to get you a second contract as well. I mean, and on one hand... George Payton doesn't have to make any big moves this season with a six-year contract. He can truly take a step back and just say, let's see how this all develop develops and unfolds. And I'll make big moves next year. He can also say, I got two shots at taking a quarterback. If I don't hit on my first one, absolutely. I'm going to do that because quarterbacks a hard position to hit. If I get two shots, then absolutely give me that. Exactly. So, so really quick. And this may be our pod poll today. Yeah. What do you, th- what do you think the fans want? Trey Lance or Justin Fields, if price is equal? Justin Fields, because I think, I think so he'd, he'd be ready faster. Yeah, I think so, too. And and mm-hmm. fans are clamoring for a quarterback. I mean, it, fans have been waiting for five years for, for a quarterback. I don't think they want to wait two more. Now, I think if, if Trey Lance is the guy, they will be patient and understand mm-hmm. that that's part of the plan. But, man. You tell them, okay, you can have one in two years. You can have one now. Well, pretty easy. Well, and here's another thing. That quote uh, or that story, pardon me, that we cited from The Athletic. Uh, here's a quote from that unnamed GM who felt that Trey Lance would not get past the Broncos. Uh, he had a quote about Justin Fields. And, of course, they have in this month, they have Fields going to Atlanta at four. Quote, if you told me Fields was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence in five years, I would say yes, that can happen, unquote. Yep, the Think talent about there. That. I mean, the, yeah. the talent there with uh, with Trey Lance. You, you're waiting on something. You're not just waiting to wait. You're, you're waiting because he has every tool. Now, will but it translate field, but that's on the, the field? Point. Fields, Fields is, is the one he believes is going can be better than. Oh, Lawrence. Fields is. Yes, wow. uh, uh, because uh, that, because it's in the paragraph where or it's in the part of the story we're talking about Fields at number four, and that's his quote that he thinks in five years Fields can be better than Trevor Lawrence. How about that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, true champ fan 20 or my, my, my bad. I, I, I skipped a comment. I'm sorry. Um, I skipped a couple of comments. Boy, oh boy. I went way off Manning's forehead. What is the best book you guys have read? I've been spending my, my stimmy on political theory books and been reading like a fiend. I'd say my all time favorite book is the count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. 
Oh, great question. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to go down the political, not theory books, but political thriller books, because that's what I absolutely love. And I love any political thriller book. But my favorites are definitely in the Jack Ryan series. Ooh. I absolutely love that series. Uh, and the the first one that I ever, oh man, I, I got to pull up the name of the book right now. Um, because it's my absolute favorite. So Mace, when I'm pulling that up, what, what, what's your favorite book? A little more old school, go back a, a few decades before Tom Clancy was writing his uh, Jack Ryan books. Um, I, I love uh, The Great Gatsby by F, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Mm. Maybe the epitome of the great American novel. Yeah, yeah, it, it very much may be. Um, so we beat on, we, so we beat on Boats Against the Current, Born Back Ceaselessly into the Past. <laughs> do you i mean could could you recite the entire book no I'd be surprised no no are you sure no. no i can't i can't recite the entire book <laughs> i'd be happy to re i'd be happy to read it to you like uh, the late andy kaufman did once <laughs> getting up at a at a at a show and reading the great gatsby on stage <laughs> how long did that take uh took took hours took wow. uh, took several hours for him to get through it all Wow. And my, my favorite one of the Jack Ryan series by Tom Clancy is uh, this one actually wasn't by Tom Clancy, but in his series is Commander in Chief. It's the okay. first one I first one I and I actually listened to books. So it was the first one I listened to and absolutely mm. loved it. Yeah, so Manning's forehead, you got to let me know if uh, you're willing to go from political theory to political thriller. I can guarantee you they're very different routes. <laughs> exactly. D Bronk, if the Broncos were to draft Trey Lance, do you think it would be a good idea to have a Trey Lance package in the red zone? You wouldn't have to worry about Lance turning the ball over down there in a package with Albert O and Noah Fant with or without a running back could cause major problems for defenses. Interesting. So, so I have to imagine that this is assuming Trey Lance is not the starter, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Why would you not Mace? And uh, yeah, I, I would absolutely use his strengths and you, he's a guy that can play football still. I mean, he doesn't need to just sit yeah. on the sidelines for, for a couple of years just to sit on the sidelines, but just may not be able to take in the entire game yet. And if you could get in a package, I would be so down for it. That would be the forward thinking and the creativity that the Broncos so desperately need. And that it seems like at times on the offensive side over the last few years, they've so desperately lacked. I know we talked about the, uh, the Steve McNair plan in terms of, bringing Trey Lance along, but this plan also makes some sense as well. Well, and look at this. How about this? We even get the big T. Wow. Agreeing I love with this. It. He says, now this I would like for Lance. He's perfect for this role, not just for starting quarterback yet. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, we're working with you, big T. He said yet. So he thinks mm -hmm. Trey Lance could maybe be a starter one day. And I, I love it. And the big T, I think, I think one thing that, that, uh, you know, we've agreed with you on is that we don't necessarily think Trey Lance is a starter day one this year, but by no means. So by you saying, you know, how raw he is and he hasn't shown a lot of stuff. I think that's true for this year. I just think that from the way, at least I've interpreted your comments is that you think he may never be able to get there. And, and I just think he has all the tools. And most importantly, I'll call it the Mac Jones tool. 
He's got the head. He's got the brain. And that's just why I love Mac Jones so much. And from everything we've heard, Trey Lance has that as well. Uh, and uh, now we haven't seen it against SEC competition. That's why Mac Jones is more of a sure thing than Trey Lance. Um, but if he really does have the head to go along with all of the physical tools, holy cow. I mean, that's why the upside is. I call it Patrick Mahomes upside. Not that he will be Patrick Mahomes, but just when you look at Mahomes, he's got every tool. Trey Lance, when right. you just look at him, He's got every tool. It's interesting that when we talk about Trey Lance and Justin Fields as well, we talk about their minds as much as uh, their play. And yeah. uh, we're in an age where if you don't have, I would say beyond just a sharp football mind, but almost a beautiful football mind uh, that maybe your ceiling is going to be more limited than some other guys. So yeah. uh, that, and I, and maybe your, your, your ceiling is high, but not, but, Maybe it's the mind that makes your ceiling stratospheric and the, the mind of Tom Brady, the mind of Peyton Manning, the mind, the football yeah. mind of Drew Brees, the football yeah. mind of Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that is what, maybe that Russell Wilson, same thing. Maybe this is what takes a player from being really good to maybe reaching that highest of, of levels perhaps is what exists North of the eyebrows. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Mace. Yeah. Want to tell you about Zoom care. First of all, think about the last time you need to see a doctor. How long did you wait for answers? Did you, it did take weeks to get the earliest appointment. Did you spend hours in a doctor's office? We've all been there. I mean, last time I tried to schedule a doctor's appointment uh, before, before Zoom care, you know what? I waited several weeks to go to the doctor and then I get in the waiting room and I'm just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. You can only read a 12 month old people magazine so before you're going to completely lose it while you're waiting for your appointment. <laughs> what if you didn't have to do all that? What if you could see a doctor the same day at a time that you choose? And what if your visit started on time and you left with a prescription in hand? In short, what if going to the doctor was easy? Good news. It is. Thanks to our friends over at zoomcare.com. Schedule now at Zoom, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Of course, they've got video care, which means you can see a doctor from the comfort of your home. You might get a diagnosis right there while you're sitting on your sofa. You don't even, don't even have to, to ditch those sweatpants or ditch those, uh, the, those pajama pants. You can take care of everything right there potentially at home. But of course, Zoom Care will take care of you in person as well. Zoom Care is opening a new clinic in Lodo, on Friday, April 16th. That's right. A new Zoom Care in-person clinic opening in Lodo on Friday. So check out zoomcare.com, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com to schedule your appointment and get started on the road to fixing whatever ails you. And guess what? Even the Zoom Care video uh, video format that is covered by most insurers, usually with a copay. So check out zoomcare.com, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. And check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They are part of our family, which means they're part of your family. And over at Green Mountain Dental, they want you to be part of their family as well. Green Mountain Dental really is a family dentistry. They send you birthday cards to wish you happy birthday. They call on you after you have an appointment with them to check up on you. Our director of sales, Lindsay and Allie, both had their wisdom teeth removed at Green Mountain Dental, and they really gave them very personalized experiences and call 
called them. The dentist called them personally after the procedure to follow up on them, make sure they were doing okay. And if they needed anything, they made sure to get that to them. And just like a good family member, they're giving you a gift. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush over from our friends at Green Mountain Dental. So go over there. It's only a 15 minute drive from downtown Denver. Show them the love and they'll show you the love by handing over a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance. When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I know I do. I know you do as well. Lots of members and staff at DMVR put their policies to the test and turned to Gabby. And when they did, Gabby saved, saved them hundreds of dollars. Literally, Eric Weedham, you may know him as D-Line Co., saved over $1,300. Go on a fun vacation with all that money in the bank. Gabby literally stands for Get a Better Insurance, G-A-B-I, Get a Better Insurance. What does getting a better insurance mean? Well, it means a better price for the same coverage. Here's what you do. You take your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you're going to be able to seek quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. It's free to use. Gabby customers save, on average, $961 per year. Now, you might find out through Gabby that, you already have the best, cheapest insurance policy on the market that you're already saving as much as you can. If that's the case, good for you. You can sleep well at night knowing there's nothing better out there. But don't you want to find out if there's something better? Don't you want to find out if there's a better insurance for you that will keep more money in your pocket? That's why Gabby exists. So put your policy at a test like we did and get a better insurance with Gabby. It's free to check out. and There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DMVR. From True Champ Fan 24. My peoples, the big T, are you good, bro? Did Trey Lance steal your lunch money? Tie your shoelaces together? At this point, I'd believe for the sake of our dear friend, the big T, drafting Lance would be a bad idea. Just on the thought that the big T might come to the game just to throw tomatoes at him, LOL. As love, or as always, love ya. Oh my gosh, yes. And he responds and says, no, no. If we draft him, I'm getting a Trey Lance tattoo. Oh, 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 oh. We have a tattoo here. Love it, Big T. Screen capture that. Save it. (laughs) Because if the unnamed GM cited in Mike Sando's story in The Athletic is right, Trey Lance would be a Denver Bronco. Oh, Oh my boy. I wonder if Big T is excited or sweating after our first segment. Some bold flavor, man. (laughs) He goes on and says, in all seriousness, I support all Broncos players unless they do something that makes me question their character. For example, I will never be in a keep to leave fan because of the eye poke should have been permanent banned from the NFL for that, in my opinion. Oh, you know, I mean, I guess I I think permanent bans should come for different reasons than that. But um, yeah, I can see why that didn't uh, that didn't sit very well with a lot of people that was unnecessary in it. It hurt the Broncos because he wasn't available the following week after that eye poke. Yeah. Back yeah. in 2015. Yeah. Not, not good. And of course, then some people call me the space cowboy says, I love your intense takes big T. And then true champ fan 24 says his favorite to leave moment was the Harry Douglas fight. Douglas was taking, took a cheap shot at Chris Harris jr. In a Broncos Titans game back in 2016. And the next play Talib takes Roby spot lineup on Douglas and everyone in that stadium Knew what was about to happen. I love Tlaib, says True Champ Fan 24. Yeah, maybe the most intense Bronco player that we've seen in recent years. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, cer- certainly brought yeah. that fire that the Broncos needed. And and don't forget the chain pulling. The oh, Michael course. Crabtree in 2017, a forgettable season, a forgettable game. But of course, the thing about that was, I mean, was it wacky to watch? Absolutely it was. But in that moment, think about this. I mean, though, when he got suspended or ejected, as he did in that Raider game, cost the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos might have beaten the Raiders that day in Oakland if Brennan Langley hadn't been thrown out there because Akeem Tlaib pulled Michael Crabtree's chain and got thrown out. Maybe Akeem just didn't want to play in that game. <laughs> Maybe, and that's a way to do it. But Akeem would always have his teammates back. He did. He did. That that was one thing that was clear. He had, especially on the defensive side, he has teammates back. Of course, we, uh, I say defensive side because uh, we know we know all about the uh, the shouting match that went on back in 2016, offense defense uh, after the the Patriots lost late in that season with Russell Okung on one side and Talib on the other. Exactly. Exactly. Next one from orange and blue all over was the refs didn't call as many holding penalties last year. The reason for Garrett Bowles is better play. Did he just get away with holding last year more than truly making a leap? Could the normal level of holding penalties return this year and cause issues for GB? It's a really good question. Now in Garrett Bowles, defense, his holding rate dropped late in the 2019 season of course yes it does coincide with drew lock being the quarterback so you didn't have a a potted plant back there like joe flacco just taking up space he had somebody who had some escapability to him uh, the holding rate was starting to improve uh, when brandon allen was the quarterback same thing a guy who at least had some wheels on him if i had to wager a guess if the holding rate returns to a normal level in 2021, we will probably see Garrett Bowles settle somewhere uh, between where he was at his worst and then where he was last year. So in other words, Garrett Bowles might have a normal holding rate, and right. that's okay. That That's fine. You can live with that. It may not be kind of the otherworldly uh, low holding rate that he had this past year. Especially – yeah, but don't forget also how the teaching of Mike Munchak has fundamentally helped him and I think was helped result in that improvement that he had down the stretch in 2019 before the officials generally kept the flags in their pockets regarding offensive holding in 2020. And if he's as good in the rest of the game and is just average in terms of the number of holding calls he gets, yes. you'll you'll absolutely live with that in terms of just not giving up sacks, pressures. Right. I mean, nothing. He he was just a, a mm-hmm. wall out there. If he does that and has average holding, which Mesa, I do think so. I think we're going to see a regression back to the mean. Uh, mm-hmm. And we hope the mean is average, not not what it has been. Then then he'll be good. Right. I I, I think so. I'm 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 not worried about Garrett Bowles going back to what he was early in 2019. I I don't think that happens, even if the holding rate does go back up this year. Next one from Casper. Fellas, the first two years under Fangio, the defense has had trouble creating turnovers. Do you expect this to change in year three? Yeah, Big T kind of says what I'm thinking. With our defense this year, if healthy, 100%. More pressure on quarterbacks, better coverage, especially if we don't pick a damn QB at number nine and go defense instead. Now, that being said, yeah, I don't think you have to go defense at nine to have an improvement in the turnover rate. Another thing that's going to help the turnover rate is if your offense is better and you're actually playing from ahead more often, and then you can attack. I mean, I know this is going to sound like Vance Joseph, but if your offense is doing better and you're able to play from ahead, guess what? You're going to be in more positions for strip sack fumbles. 
<laughs> yes, you will be the old Vance Joseph uh, way to go. Uh, and I do think so. They absolutely should be. Not only will their, should their pass rush be the best that it's been in the Vic Fangio era. Keywords should be. They, they should have been really good at the start of the 2019 season too, but they should be good. Uh, and then also a big reason I'm going to point to is Kyle Fuller. He is, he is Mr. Turnover Machine, especially with Vic Fangio. So that should be a big reason why the Broncos get uh, get more turnovers. He led the league in interceptions and, of course, that very famous 2018 season mm-hmm. with Vic Fangio. Ding, ding, ding. You're absolutely correct. Of course, that Bears offense did just enough to ensure that the Bears were playing from ahead an awful lot that year and going 12-4. and four. So it it's complimentary football, right? I mean – all the part, all the pieces have to fit together. So it's not just on the defense, it's on the offense to give more opportunities for the defense to be aggressive and attack. The big T. We're hearing a lot from the big T today. <laughs> yes, fellas. we are. What's up, big T? Yeah. My last post here on Lance. You'll all be pleased to hear the crowd goes wild. Right. Okay, fellas. So you're saying I picked the only bad game he had. Okay, why well, click the most recent game I found on YouTube? I didn't know it was his worst before I watched. I tried to get bogged down in stats when evaluating college prospects and try to go off pure tape because, quite frankly, the stats are fairly meaningless as they have to be adjusted for conference team opponents and our opinions can be swayed by stats, etc. You'll be pleased to hear that I have now watched the North Dakota and South Dakota games, and I've even seen a couple of throws that I like. One where Lance has pressure right in his face from a safety blitz and delivers a dart to his receiver. It was a really nice throw, and um, okay, so that's the only one I saw. There were a couple of other throws that were fairly good, though, but still not like some of the outstanding throws the other QBs have made in this draft. This kid, I'm sorry, ain't a first-round prospect in any draft ever. The funny thing is, I would love to draft Dre Lance. Seems like a great project for the future, but only day two or day three. Top guy, too, and nice kid. Using a top-10 pick on Trey Lance is akin to betting your house on the Broncos lifting Lombardi number four next year. Don't do it. I won't comment on him again unless someone argues back with a different point I haven't covered, and I wish I could see what other people in the media see in him. Fun one to finish. The Earl of Sandwich will be turning in his grave at the thought of a hot dog or a burger being called a sandwich. <laughs> if it is on a roll, a bap, or a bun, it isn't a sandwich. It has to be two slices of bread. Them's the rules. Peace out, fellas, and love to all, especially you hot dog munchin <laughs> Trey Lance fan club members, the Big T. Oh, the Big Woo! T. I absolutely love it. Great comment. And, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with you, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You know what? I bet there's some teams that that view Trey Lance similar to the way you do, and that's why this ultra-talented guy isn't going to be the first overall pick. It may not be a top-five pick. may slip to the Broncos at nine, but all it takes is one team to fall in love with him. And I, I can almost guarantee a team in the top 10 is going to fall in love mm-hmm. with Trey Lance, but Hey, big T I really do appreciate you sticking up and defending w- w- what you don't see about him. And, and I love it. And you know what? That's okay. We, we can agree to disagree on this. And, and thank you for commenting. The India, yeah, the interesting thing, big T is, and, and, and Zach is that it's see, even though, there's a lot of mystery regarding Trey Lance. I think ES, there's an ESPN piece that calls him the draft's mystery man. And that's justifiable to call him that. Oh, yeah. But the quarterback who seems to have the evaluations that are really all over the place is Mac Jones. Right. Yep. You're 100% right, Mace. I mean, he could go number three overall and uh, he could fall out of the top yeah. 10. Yeah. It seems like the consensus on Trey Lance is pretty clear really incredible talent. People love his football mind, but 
relatively little experience. So he literally, he hasn't seen a lot on the field compared to these other quarterbacks and how can you develop him and how can you ensure that he's ready for what the NFL is going to throw at him. And the closer we get to the draft mace, I just don't see Justin Fields falling. Uh, I could yeah. see Mac Jones fall. If the 49ers don't take him. I could see Trey Lance fall. Um, I, I don't see Justin Fields falling. Yeah. And, and sometimes I feel like we get into the silly season and we end up, uh, we, we end up um, making some poor judgments. Right. What would our judgment on Justin Fields have been right after the season where he goes in the draft pretty high, right? Because yeah. the Clemson game would have been fresh in our minds. The fact that he rebounded from uh, the Northwestern game, his worst game as a collegian with his best game that he was getting, that he was going through his progressions against Clemson, getting the third and fourth read at times that he did. So while he was hurt dealing with that hip issue and he kept right on dealing against a, a, a against a very good a defense, a very talented defense, not maybe not a vintage Clemson unit, but still one that has a fair amount of guys that are eventually going to play on Sundays. I think we'd have been talking about Justin Fields probably being picked two or pick three coming out of the season. Boy, it would be so interesting if there was a draft the day after the college football season ended, and then there was another draft when the normal draft is, and just see how yeah. different those drafts would be. Where would Zach Wilson be going if this draft was done right after the college football season? I mean, he he would probably, I, I don't think he'd be the surefire number two overall pick. I don't even think he'd end up being the number two overall pick. He mm -hmm. He's a guy that has really rise since the, the end of the season. And Mac Jones has risen too. Yeah. Yes, he certainly has. And now maybe college, the, the end of the college football season really helped with that too. Uh, but, but he has risen. Yeah. I mean, really, I think if uh, we go back to right after the season, it's probably Trevor Lawrence, then Justin Fields. Yeah. Then maybe Zach, probably, probably then Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and then Mac Jones. And I think what we're talking about is Justin Fields, number two, overall Trevor yeah. Lawrence, obviously number one. I think we're talking about Zach Wilson Broncos at nine. I mean, I don't think we're talking all five of these quarterbacks in the top five or all five of these quarterbacks in the top 10. I think we're talking about more of a normal quarterback type of year. Maybe Wouldn't that have been something. Yes, it would have <laughs> next one coming in from some people call me the space cowboy. I know the Denver Broncos have partnered with esports and sports gambling companies. What do you guys think the future of sports betting is, is it's still currently not legal here in California. Do you guys see a future uh, of announcers calling out overs and unders or prop pets hitting during games? Absolutely. I do. We're I, already I kind of, do. we've already seen some glimpses of it. Remember the short lived XFL that had its season trimmed by the pandemic and then basically went in, on ice and uh, maybe it comes back in 2022 with the rock. Maybe we'll all smell what the rock is cooking. Maybe not. We'll see, <laughs> but they were pretty open about dropping in gambling stuff. I mean, you saw the line on the score bug during the games on ESPN. So I think we've already seen kind of a glimpse of that. We're, we're going to see it happen more and more over time. I, I've got right now on in my office, uh, the Braves Marlins game about to start. And it is airing on a network that is now branded as, as Bally sports South because Bally, a gaming company has put its branding on the regional sports networks that were once Fox Sports South, Fox Sports Midwest, Fox Sports North, et cetera. 
so this convergence, it's happening as we speak. Mm, yes, it is. And Mace, this is something where once it becomes legal everywhere and once we have uh, every team buy into it, it's it's going to be crazy because the NFL didn't want to buy into the gambling for so long. Now that they're in it and okay with it, I think it's going to take off when it's legal everywhere. And absolutely, I think it's being incorporated in everything. Remember when they didn't want a team in Las Vegas because of the gambling stuff? Yep, exactly. And now the NHL is in Vegas. The NFL is in Vegas. We could see the NBA and Major League Baseball following suit here in the next several years. It's all, Everything has changed. The entire dynamic has changed regarding the perception of gambling and its impact on the sport. Yep, I totally agree. And I think last one, Mace. Oh, no, we got another one under the wire after that as well. Ooh, got a little buzzer beater. Bah, 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 bah. Yep. But first, Count Locula, who says the NFLPA needs to get its act together on the new CBA and stand up to the league. The owners have created a division, a division between premier players and fringe guys, and that makes the union weak. Get rid of rookie maximums and franchise tag. The players have the ultimate power, and they need to wield it powerfully instead of in small acts of insurrection. Love the count. You know, if you get rid of the rookie maximum, you know what that get, means you get rid of? The cost-controlled quarterback. <laughs> yes, and you bring back the Jamarcus Russell contract. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, you bring back the, the big money for players who haven't proven it. And um, So I, I'm not sure that's something that uh, you're going to see happen. Yeah, I don't think we'll see that happen, but I do totally see where the count is coming from. Uh, it, it does feel like in these negotiations, whether it was the negotiations last year uh, or things like this, that there's really a big divide between the veterans and uh, not just rookies, but the minimum type uh, paid players type of guys. And that, that seems really tough. And I understand that not every person in a union is going to be on the exact same level in terms of pay uh, and experience, but it, there's a huge divide there on what's right for certain players and what's right for other players. Um, and so I, I agree with you, the count you, you, you would like to see the NFLPA uh, not have to do these small things in, in order to get what they want. Yeah, exactly. And then you want to take the last one, Zach? It's a big one. From it is a big one coming in from NDAC Logan. Hey, guys, long time, no comment. I promise I've still been listening, but haven't thought of any good comments to leave until now. And apparently he thought of a lot of good things to say. I, I love you, Logan. He says, I feel there is still a few Lance haters out there. So I would like uh, so I would like to help his case a bit, which includes his bad game against Arkansas. Since no one central really Arkansas, central right. Arkansas, right? He just said Arkansas, but central yeah. Arkansas. Since no one really watched that game, let me point out a few things. One, NDSU had graded or graduated most of their offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Some of the fans might recall a defensive lineman named Derek Tuska. They also had another player leave for the draft, Zach Johnson Packers, who was on their offensive line. They also had lost Ben uh, Elfson to the Jags, who was a big tight end who could run block and was an awesome red zone target. One of the biggest losses NDSU had was Jabril Cox going who is going to be a late first round to third round pick. He's one of the best players for LSU this past year. Two, just a side note, NDSU graduated slash transferred 15 guys. 13 of them started four. Four of them were Lance's skill position guys. Then he lost his best receiver, Phoenix Sproles, in the first quarter of the Central Arkansas game. They also didn't have a running back that has taken a college snap and played a, played a football there as well. Uh, three, 
Trey Lance still ran for 143 yards and two touchdowns on 15 carries. I can make all kinds of excuses for his passing, but I won't. Since his passing game wasn't sexy, some people forget is that if he doesn't have it in the passing game, he can tuck it and run. Just some food for thought on this one. I feel like everyone doesn't talk about how Trey is so mobile, runs a pro-style West Coast offense like the Broncos do with play-action bootlegs under center and moving pocket plays. He might be able to do things and other people like Fields have not done before. Sorry for the long comment. What are your thoughts? Thanks in advance. P.S. I'm going to my first sporting event since COVID this weekend. NDSU versus SDSU, which will be a good game. Last time time SDSU won in Fargo Dome was in 2016, and it was 19-17. to If you like money, hammer the under for this one. Speaking yeah, of over unders. Yeah, I think he, I think Endak uh, Logan makes a really good point about what North Dakota State does that's pro style, and uh, this goes back to when Craig Bowl, who's now the coach at Wyoming, uh, was there. And Craig Bowl, we of course know for his development of Josh Allen at Wyoming, and one of the things that both North Dakota State and Wyoming do is that. They force their quarterbacks, especially if they have pro potential, to do pro things. Like, for example, Wyoming in 2017 went under center a lot more than you would expect. Why? Because Bowl was working on developing Josh Allen, doing the things to get him ready. Uh, the coach that you should that you should note at North Dakota State, who is a quarterback guru, is Randy Hedberg. A long, long time ago. Uh, he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, started a few games back in 1977, and he's kind of the genius uh, behind uh, a lot of the techniques of that both North Dakota State and Wyoming use and why you've seen them kind of manufacture quarterbacks that uh, end up at least getting to the NFL in some capacity. Of course, at NDSU, you had Carson Wentz. Then Easton Stick was drafted by the Chargers, and now you have Trey Lance. And what you have are guys that uh, – understand pro concepts before they get to before they get to the next level and this is part of the appeal of Trey Lance. I'm not sure we're having the discussion on Trey Lance if he went to say Richmond or James Madison. Right. But he he he's going to a program that with the way they in particularly Randy Hedberg, the way they teach quarterbacks, it's on it's on people's radar. So, you know, Trey Lance moves on and Yet, we're still going to have our eyes on North Dakota State and Wyoming seeing, okay, that style of teaching, who's next? Right. Yeah, it's a really good point. Mason, a great point from NDAC Logan. Of course, uh, um, the big T, we love your input yep. as well. And boy, <laughs> guys, we are two weeks away from the draft starting almost two weeks to the minute for the draft starting. Maybe in just over two weeks, the Broncos will have a new quarterback in town, or maybe they'll have the best defensive player and offensive tackle. And we're rolling with Drew. Whatever it is, we'll be here with you. And before we get out of here, guys, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online one more time because time and time again the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers come and build that toolbox over at msu denver online you can work and learn and you can have it both make money while you work and earn your degree that's the best of both worlds and msu denver online can offer it for you whether you want to be in the classroom or online it doesn't matter to them it's the same education over at msu denver online well mace that That'll do it for us today. Two weeks to the draft. I can't wait. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. Brandon Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Three Ring Circuit.
Flying cotton 